Welcome back to Kinda Cute, and if you're new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan, I'm your host, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from The Cut and my general pop culture musings. Y'all, if you follow me on at Kinda Cute Podcast on Instagram, you would know that sadly, I was in my last week because I finally caught Little Miss COVID herself. Um, I caught it like the Wednesday, like two weeks from this coming Wednesday. And honestly, last Monday and last weekend, I was still feeling like doo-doo caca. Uh, the voice was just not there. The vibes were not there. The vibes were opposite from Immaculate. And it's it was quite sad because actually, and Kenzie, I don't even know if you know this, last Thursday, July 21st, was the third birthday of Kinda Cute. So it was a very oh sad week to miss, but hopefully, you know, we can celebrate it this week. And um, yeah, it was just a doozy of a month. Like the hits started coming and they don't stop coming. Um, you know, we had Gurky, that whole issue. He's doing well now. I had my nose surgery. That recovery was a doozy. And I think it was because of that that my immunity was just down. And then I went to Bush Gardens, which is a theme park, uh, as I explained my last episode because honestly like after the day after I recorded that episode is when I um felt very ill and tested positive so I don't want to jinx it and I probably am by saying this but I'd like to think everything's got to be on the up and up from here you know like the only way is up right now and I say that knowing that very much things could get worse and could be worse but we're trying to manifest optimism and really eke out the last bit of this plot girl summer because I have had the opposite of that for sure. Uh, but if you want to give Kind of Cute a birthday present for its third birthday, I know I say it all the time, but if you want to just go on Spotify real quick, uh, search for Kind of Cute, click on it. You'll see at the top the ability to click on five stars. And then you can also go to Apple Podcasts, go to the app, scroll down. Once you get to uh, the Kind of Cute podcast page, scroll down and write a review or leave five stars or uh, both, ideally. Like I said, that would be make the best birthday present and of course you can always follow me at bailey evan on instagram or at kind of cute podcasts and speak to me in the dms i have to give a shout out to caroline when i was like in the depths of my covid um she sent me a very nice message i don't know caroline in real life but she sent a very nice message about liking listening to kind of cute and it really like in the depths of my sadness made me feel better so again any um well wishes in the DMs or in the reviews are always well taken. Oh, I wanted to talk about um, Cameron Diaz because we talked about her in the last episode and I had a little story flagged that I completely forgot to bring up. So we were talking about Cameron because she did, you know, her items she can't live without. She was hyping up her friends, Drew Barrymore, Gwyneth Paltrow, talking about their items and talking about her wine, Aveline. But around the same time that story came out because Cameron was really doing the press rounds, she did a podcast interview it on a podcast called Second Life. And she was like convinced when she was a model, she says, I got like one job, but really think I was like a mule carrying drugs to Morocco. I swear to God. It was before TSA or anything like that. It was like early 90s. They gave me a suitcase that was locked that had my quote costumes in it. And she even says quote unquote. 
And she's like, I flew from France to Morocco with this suspicious suitcase. The Moroccan officials asked her to show, you know, if she owned the luggage and if she could open it. And she explained that the contents in it weren't hers. And she says, all the calculations in my head went running back. Like, what the fuck is in this suitcase? I'm this blonde haired blue eyed girl in Morocco. It's the 90s. I'm wearing torn jeans and platform boots and my hair down. And this is really unsafe. And that was my only job I ever got in Paris. Um, so... I just think it's interesting that that was her only modeling job because you look at Cameron Diaz and I feel like especially at that time in the 90s when you were sort of peak like Christy Brinkley ideal of beauty the fact that she wasn't getting jobs like kind of blows my mind and then this story is just kind of troublesome and I'm like I know it's obviously she's joking but I'm also like was this real like did this happen and I don't know it's just a lot to take in and like I said I wanted to bring that up last episode but I completely forgot so I wanted to talk about that and speaking of you know back in the 90s the early aughts we have to mention Benifer, Ben Affleck and JLo finally tying the knot this is especially going out to Anna who requested this story to be covered even though it's not quite timely anymore I feel like you know news cycle moves really fast these days but I had to kind of talk about it because we talked about on here when they very first got together. And do you remember, like, in the beginning when the internet kind of collectively thought that they were just redoing the Jenny from the Block video? Like, they were dating. Like, they were really dating, but also PR and also, like, remaking the Jenny from the Block video. Because they were, I don't know if it was subconsciously or on purpose, like, recreating a lot of the scenes from it. Like, her on the boat with his hand on her backside. And... I just wish that would still happen. Like they still need to do that because if they don't, it is a complete and utter missed opportunity. And I think these two are both thirsty as hell. Okay. I I love it for them, but it's true. I watched the JLo doc. She is of course immensely, immensely talented and a very hard worker, but she is thirsty. Like let's not get it twisted. And so is he. I mean, these are people who could move away from the spotlight not need to continue making movies. I think they're pretty much both set for life and they continue to suck the teeth that is fame for all it is worth. So I just feel like this is a match made in heaven. I love how full circle it is. It's everything I love about a pop culture story. It has almost, you know, 20 years of history. It has A-list stars. It has perseverance. It has cheating, overcoming that, finding the trust in the person again. It has this whole PR side to it. I love everything about it from a story perspective. I can't wait for the movies to be made about it. I'm also kind of obsessed with how she revealed this information. It was in her On the J-Lo, which is the name of it, newsletter. She said, we did it. Love is beautiful. Love is kind. And it turns out love is patient. 20 years patient. And it's just the corniest looking little thing. It's like on the J-Lo and it kind of looks like um, the subway symbols, right? I don't know how to like the subway signs. Like, you have to look up the picture of it. And it says... Yeah, it looks like the, it's the J, L, and O train. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I mean, she's, you know, she's Jenny from the block, from the Bronx. And she says, life is an art and we are the artists. Make it as beautiful as you want and create exactly what you want it to be. Dot, dot, dot. The J-Lo effect. And then it just says, we did it. And it's this really cute picture of them. They look incredible. I mean, they don't look a day over 30 she looks gorgeous. I love when she does the kind of like big hair. I think it's the best look on her. She did it during the doc and Kenzie and I are both like, uh, fabulous. I mean, I I love it. I, I don't love that they got married in Vegas. I don't really understand why that's 
never stops being such a thing. And I actually was listening to a podcast on Vegas. I listened to a few episodes. It was in the uh, Spectacle podcast. And they're talking about how it's so easy to get a marriage license in Vegas. You can get it so quickly. And because of the whole industry behind marriage and weddings there, that's why weddings can happen so quickly. And it's one of the only places in the country that that's able to happen. So from that perspective, I get it. But I'm like, they didn't need to have a rushed Vegas wedding. And I know for some people, it's just the significance of it, the kitsch of it, really wanting to lean into that. Who knows? Maybe they'll do like a crevice and still have a really elaborate Italian wedding or whatever. But I don't, it's just, it's played out to me. It's not my cup of tea. And I get, it's not my wedding. And who the fuck cares? They're J-Lo and Ben Affleck. I'm just telling you, you know, my thoughts. And there's this quote in the Cuts article, I think it was written by Olivia Truffo Wong. It said, back in 2003, when the couple became engaged the first time, Lopez told Access Hollywood that she intended to keep her name professionally. You can't mess with J-Lo, but added, my name will be Jennifer Affleck, obviously. And so in her newsletter, she signed it, Mrs. Jennifer Lynn Affleck. Uh, again, just the full circle-ness of it all. And then I didn't know this, that when they got engaged, she also talked about this in her newsletter back when that happened she said saturday night while at my favorite place on earth and then in parentheses in the bubble bath my beautiful love got on one knee and proposed like i love that she's just gatekeeping all this shit in her newsletter but obviously people like screenshot it and put it out there and whatever and i think anyone can sign up for the newsletter but it's again masterful marketing masterful pr and can you imagine just like titties out in the bathtub? Do you know how I look in the bathtub? Kenzie does because she walks in a lot to like bring me water or a towel. It's it's not cute. Like, I mean, part of it's because our bathtub looks like something out of the 19... 19- <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like... I think it actually is from the 1930s, like when this house was originally made. We took the one out upstairs and it was a cast iron, but not like a sexy claw cast iron, just like a cast iron bathtub that getting it down the stairs, it broke the newly installed stairs on the way down. Like that's how heavy it was. It fell down the stairs and broke the wooden stairs on the way down. So imagine that, but then like paint it over with multiple layers to like kind of cover the grime. And I know you're probably thinking like, Bitch, why do you take a bath in this? I know I'm disgusting, but it's fine because I can just take a shower afterwards and like wash it off. But like the the idea of a man coming in and proposing to me while I'm in a bubble bath is just so the opposite of what I'm going for. <laughs> yes, Kenzie. Our bathtub is kind of shallow too. Like we don't have a very like tall bathtub. So yeah, like you like can't exposed. cover the titties. The yeah, titties are expo- out. You're very exposed. And I'm usually in there with my polka dot uh, shower cap. So (laughs) (laughs) I got you're entertained. Okay. So anyways, moving on, let's get into our first article of the day. Oh, and before we do, I want to apologize that again, guys, my voice is still not completely there. If you are having to feel or hear and feel because it's that visceral, like some awful sounds coming out of the back of my throat and weird swallowing, I apologize. Okay. Again, one week at a time. All right, we're going to start off strong right off the bat with what Iowa Debris Can't Live Without by Iowa Debris is told to Ariella Vila. If you're not familiar with Iowa yet, she is Sydney in the show Chef that we've spoken about on here. It's really having a moment. People are really thirsting over Jeremy Allen White, who plays 
Carmi in it. We've referenced that on here. And again, if you haven't watched it yet, some people don't really get into it. I've talked to some of my friends and they don't see the charm in it, but I think I'm just such a restaurant, like food loving person that I love seeing behind the scenes of how it is to work in a restaurant for real. And I think this show does a great job of portraying that from what I've read and kind of what I've just picked up from how restaurant culture is usually portrayed in TV. And I don't watch Big Mouth, but Kenzie does. And I also took over the role of Missy after Jenny Slate left the part. And I think she played Sydney so masterfully. I just found her so believable. Like, you know how there's some characters you watch on TV and you forget that they're acting because they're so good at it? Like, in my mind... Sydney was a chef in real life like there was no logical jump for me she just like was a chef because I thought she embodied the role so well and I I just found her delightful and she's a comedian in real life so I was cracking up reading her what she can't live without and she starts off strong with her number one item being frosted flakes it says every day of my life i go around town like i'm supposed to buying oat milk ruining a barista's day with another oat milk order but once every few months i'm like wait why am i doing this i can absolutely process dairy and i actually love it so i buy a family-sized box of frosted flakes and i have it with whole milk when it comes to cereal i'm a milk purist it's the perfect cereal it never gets too soggy too soon and it leaves the best post cereal milk i eat it for basically every meal until the is done and that's my truth now I know I just always have to interject my own thoughts on this that's the beauty I guess of a podcast is that like I'm just gonna ramble on about how I relate to her specific picks but I have quite a few things to comment on first up I'm an almond milk girl if I'm ordering a latte I want almond milk I love the taste of whole milk but sometimes I do feel like that amount of dairy does not set well with me and oat milk sometimes It is delicious, but it can feel like a little heavy and cloying, you know? Now, for cereal, I actually prefer skim milk. I like how it's kind of watery. I don't, I can't explain it. I feel like it gets colder than whole milk, and I like my cereal milk to be like ice, ice cold. But I will agree with her. I think Frosted Flakes is up there as like one of the best cereals. I love how crispy it is, so it really kind of like holds itself well, but then it It has that delightful, like, crispy, gone soggy consistency. And she's right. The cereal milk from Frosted Flakes, it's why cereal milk ice cream by milk is made out of Frosted Flakes because it is truly the best flavor. And it's so distinctly cereal milk and you don't get that flavor from, like, anything else. So I love it. I mean, I also love a Reese's Puff. I love a Honey Nut Cheerio. I love anything of like the Honey Nut variety. But again, I'm just with her on this um, 100,000%. Cereal is like one of those foods that I can't let myself have because I will literally eat the entire box so quickly like it cannot be good for my insides. Next up, I loved this because this is something that I've featured as a legit ship before. It's the Necessaire, the body exfoliator. She says, this stuff is beautiful and makes my skin feel moisturized. Their whole line is bomb, but this exfoliator specifically helps me get rid of all my little strawberry bumps after a couple of washes. It felt incredible the first time I bought it because it's the type of thing a wealthy woman in a Nancy Myers movie would own. Sometimes you just have to make yourself feel like a wealthy white woman with a seated kitchen island and Keanu Reeves. And this so perfectly encapsulates why I love little 
luxury items in my life because they just really make you feel like elevated in a way that you almost feel like you don't deserve, but like you do, you 100% do. And after trying quite a few things of the necessaire, I will say, I just think the exfoliator is far and away. Like I find their body wash kind of unremarkable. Their lotion actually feels really nice. Um, or it's the body serum. That one feels very nice. But to me, the exfoliator is like an actually unique product that I, I haven't felt a similar exfoliator. And I, have tried many because it kind of like dissolves on your skin and kind of lathers up and it's just a really cool consistency and I love the bergamot scent I love the eucalyptus scent I actually haven't tried the sandalwood but I would think that one's probably very nice too so again she just she understood the assignment with this because she also had La Roche-Posay's anti-helios sunscreen which is you know that is such a fan favorite. I actually used to use that one years ago. I'm now always on like a constant journey to find my favorite and I'm such an Elta MD fan that I've just repurchased that for years and years and years. But lately I've been trying to branch out into Korean sunscreen and I have found one I liked. I'm still trying it out, but I will let you guys know on a legit shit if I think it is like worthy of that. But you can't go wrong with Ulta MD. And like I said, a lot of people like the La Roche-Posay one. And I actually think the one I'm using right now is very similar consistency to that because it's kind of watery. And then she talks about the Muji pens and how sad she is they don't have the gel pens in the 0.25 size anymore. And she's just so specific about her pen use. She loves a little notebook. Little Moleskins are such a perennial return favorite on these lists. She had a Nalgene water bottle. She had a nice pair of socks. Just all around, again, very like a legit shit filled list. And I never see people include this in their list, but she included a charitable organization called Sister Song, um, which was recommended to her, funny enough, by Poppy Lou, who plays one of my favorite characters on the show Hacks. And they're working on prioritizing the reproductive rights of women of color. So I love that she included that. I was like, you go, girl. This is like one of my favorite lists I've read in a long ass time. Okay, next up, we have an article about Kiki Palmer. I've never been shy about my feelings about Kiki Palmer on here. She is just Ugh, love her. So this is Kiki Palmer Lives for the Memes by Asia Milio Ware. And so she was doing press runs for her new movie, Nope, by Jordan Peele, which I'm actually going to go see tomorrow with Kinsey on $5, you know, Tuesdays at AMC, best day of the week. We haven't been to the movies actually in a really long time, Kinsey, so I'm quite excited. Um, it says, though, that Kiki took a red-eye flight to the Hamptons to celebrate Sex with Avenue's annual summer kickoff intimate dinner. Speaking of sex, I also just placed a very irresponsible an expensive order on socks the other night because they were having a pop-in sale. I'm really hopeful that I will only like like one of the six things I ordered uh, because I really do not have the funds to be balling out at socks. You know, like again, it's all about pretending, and I definitely pretend a little too hard sometimes. Anyways, apparently at this party, Kiki was mingling with guests, eating a full plate of hors d'oeuvres. She apparently loved the mozzarella sticks, which, I mean, who doesn't? Is is there anyone out there who doesn't like a mozzarella stick? Like, I get it. Maybe you are lactose intolerant and you can't, you know, comfortably have a mozzarella stick. But does anyone actually dislike them? Because I think in the scheme of foods, they have to be up there with french fries and pizza. Just like universally amazing. 
Um, apparently she was also making TikToks with guests. She had to sit next to the CEO, which actually sounds like kind of shitty. I think I'd probably rather be sitting next to another actress and someone a little lively. Not saying maybe he is, but I, I, I just kind of doubt it, you know? So apparently Asia and her got a quick seven minutes to chat and I have to give props to Asia because she asks literally the type of questions that I want answered. This first one, she says, you made your first film appearance in 2004 in Barbershop 2. This might be a weird question, but do you actually like being famous? I just love the non sequitur nature of this question. It's literally like your first role was 16 years ago. By the way, how is fame? Like, and I I guess it's not a complete non sequitur because she's saying that she's been in the public eye for that long. But I love when clearly it's like the reporter only has seven minutes and they're just really trying to like get to the bottom of it. And I found her response sad it says i i don't really love fame the perks of an art as great as one would think as an artist it's great when people know your work so you can discuss it and it's exciting for people to be able to give you feedback on what you've done but the concept of fame can kind of dehumanize you and i think that's a obviously super valid response and probably how a lot of celebs feel and i feel like it is actually a pretty vulnerable response to give but it made me sad because I, I look at Kiki and to me from the outside looking in, she seems like the ultimate extrovert, someone who would really thrive off of attention. But reading this is just that little reminder that you you have no idea looking at someone, what they're going through, how they feel on the inside, what they face on a daily basis. And when we get to this week's blind item, which I chose her for this week, it made me even more sad, like thinking of this quote in connection with all of her blind items and I think you guys will understand why this sort of struck me and then Asia asks since you started working before you were a teen did you ever get to have time to just hang at the mall with your friends and she says I'll be honest even when I was a younger I was always an online shopper a lot of my malls didn't have what we needed I grew up in Chicago and Pasadena so it wasn't like I had the Beverly Center so I found out that the best way to get to the stores I want to shop was online I still do to this day I need to see and then just send it back if it's not right and get another size. And clearly, again, to just make things about myself, and as I just evidenced by talking about my online sax order, this really struck me because it is so the same for me. I mean, I grew up for most of my life in Satellite Beach, Florida, which I'm sure 99% of you have never heard of. It did not have a good mall around. We would always drive over to Orlando to go to the mall because ours was so sad. (laughs) And then... I went to school in Hanover, New Hampshire, which I think our closest true mall was like two hours away. Like Walmart was the extent. Oh, and there was a gap in town like that. That was about it. And then I moved to Gainesville, Florida, which out of all those options probably had the most accessible and like like it had a Lush, which was huge to me and a Forever 21. Oh, it came after Lush just came. Just okay, you're right. So when there. I was there, they had a newly opened Forever 21, and it was like the biggest Forever 21 I had ever seen. Um, and I remember being so excited about that because at the time that was like all I ever bought, and it was again like the only option. And that's why I've always been such an ASOS girly because that's like always where I've done my shopping. So, anyways, not to go on a ramble, but I just can totally relate to like not having a good mall nearby. Actually. Because, uh, sorry, just continue rambling on this, but another mall I used to go to when I was young was the Gardens Mall, and it was always like a special occasion we would go there because it was a little bit farther away than Orlando, and it was even like a little bit more bougie, and now ironically, I work right by that mall, and 
it's my own personal Benefer moment, honestly. Like, that's the closest to a full circle moment that I'm maybe ever going to get. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so this next question from Asia I also love. It says, okay, speaking of having skills, in your role in Hustlers, the most iconic scene was when you ran away from the hospital with your butt cheeks out. What is the hardest thing about running away in assless chaps? few things about this. Kiki stole the scenes in Hustlers. I wanted more Kiki in that movie. She did not have enough screen time. Secondly, I'm sure I posed this question before, but, and I'm sure it's something I can probably understand from a quick Google, but I just have to think it out loud. And why do we call them assless chaps? Chaps are always assless. Always. Like, that's the whole point of them is that they're just on your thighs. Like, they never cover your butt cheeks. So I don't get that. Anyways, Kiki says, I didn't want to fall and bust my face. Everyone was watching and just selling the humor of the moment with the reality of the situation that the character was enduring. My character was like, I'm not going to go to jail for (laughs) y'all. And uh, I just, again, if you haven't seen that movie yet, just watch it. If for nothing else, just for Kiki and Lizzo. Lizzo's great in it. Cardi B's great in it. It's so good. And again, oh, and based on a cut article, you know, like, what, what more can you want? Okay, I realize that some of the things I talk about on here are so fleeting, such a snapshot of a moment in time, and the sort of thing that in 20 years or, you know, nay, one year, uh, I'll, I'll be scratching my head about. And this is one of those stories, but I, I can't help it. I love Anisha Internet Story. What can I say? It says, why is TikTok freaking out about pink sauce by Danielle Cohen? Now, I have been subjected to quite a few of these TikToks, and I was so puzzled. And it was another thing I didn't have the energy to Google about, and that's saying a lot because I Google a lot of strange things. Uh, There's a lot to unpack in my Google search history. But bless the cut for giving us this thorough explanation. It says, TikTok has convinced people to drink balsamic vinegar and seltzer and use their vaginal fluids as perfume. So I was not exactly surprised to discover that many people on the platform are currently buying a mysterious pink sauce with questionable safety standards. Now, if that sentence was whiplash for you, um, unfortunately, I was intimately aware with both of these trends due to the amount of time I spend on TikTok. And yes, in fact, people were pouring balsamic vinegar in seltzer water and alleging that it tasted like Coke. Uh, I love balsamic vinegar and I love kombucha. So I probably would like this because I like my kombucha like extra vinegary. If it's not vinegary enough, I'm not into it. And I haven't had a real Coke in a very long time. I don't even know if I can honestly tell you what Coke tastes like because I'm such a Diet Coke gal, but there's just no way in hell. There's no way in hell. And that's that was confirmed by many people on TikTok. But again, shout out to that first girl who made it go viral because she really started a fire with that one. And then the vaginal fluids as perfume is something called vabbing. And I think this actually started with like an author or a podcast host and sort of just had this trickle down effect. And that's the idea of rubbing your vagine and then putting it on your wrist and like behind your neck like you would a perfume. And that just seems so unsanitary to me. And I think it's a placebo effect because humans like pheromones don't work for us like they do for animals. Um, again, not my cup of tea, but if you tried it, let me know. I would love to interview you and see how it went. Um, yeah. Cause I, I just, I don't think I'm going to be trying that anytime soon. Maybe who knows things could get crazy, but 
this pink sauce is less... Uh, I was going to say less offensive to me than balsamic vinegar and seltzer and, and vabbing, but maybe not. So <laughs> the sauce in question comes in a Heinz-like clear squeeze bottle with the words pink sauce emblazoned on the front. And the woman who's responsible for making it, her handle is at chef period PII. And she apparently runs a mixology and catering company in Miami. So now I kind of like want to find out if I can just go like, can I go to her mixology thing? Like I would love to. It's only an hour away from me, you know? And she introduced the TikTok condiment in late June. And I think she's done two sales and both of them sold out so quickly. And the basic ingredients are dragon fruit, sunflower seed oil, honey, chili, and garlic. Um, and the dragon fruit is obviously what gives it its distinctive pink color. So I love the creativity of that, that she was using like a natural way of coloring it. And she says she can't describe the taste, which many suspect is a ploy to help boost sales. Again, masterful marketing. I've kind of deduced, like, I don't think I'll ever be a successful influencer or a podcaster because I just don't have the marketing magic touch. Like people have it. I don't. And I'm so envious of the people who do because some people just can really run with it. And uh, it says, throughout July, customers have been slathering the Pepto-Bismol colored sauce on wings, tacos, burgers, and fries. And most reviewers are likening the sauce to ranch. So many, in fact, that some suspect this woman has put a few drops of red dye in ranch dressing and is selling it for $20 a pop on TikTok. This shit looks so unappealing, I have to tell you. I mean, the fact that they're describing it as a Pepto-Bismol color, I like a pale pink. I was one of those kids who I was so repulsed by the green and purple ketchups that came out. If you're a Gen Z gal and you're listening to this, maybe you don't remember, but there was a time period where that was all the rage, like the green fucking ketchup. It makes my stomach turn just thinking about it. Like I know in my head that it is just ketchup, but I would look at that and and you think it wouldn't be that disgusting because you're like, okay, like relish is green. Like there's other things that are green, but it was such an unnatural color of green. And so was the purple. Like it just looked like it should be on a pop tart, you know, like not on a hot dog. And that's what the sauce is giving me. Just, just a a redone 2022-ified purple ass ketchup. Do you remember those ketchups? Oh, of course I do. Because the first time I remember them is when the Shrek. Grinch came. Oh, oh was it Grinch? Oh, Shrek and Grinch both had it. <laughs> and I, I swear to God, they tasted different. I swear to God, they did not. Maybe that's like why I was repulsed because maybe like, I think. I don't think it tastes like normal ketchup. I think it's like, you know, if you put too much dye and like a cake frosting, yeah, it can kind of change. Taste, I think that was it. it. It tasted like ketchup, but not enough like ketchup that it was just off. It was just off. I remember. The yeah. pink sauce, I would not say looks as, it's not as bad as green ketchup. It's more natural looking, but it just still, there's something about it that just. I get it, but it's not as bad as green ketchup. <laughs> not, it, ketchup is red. Anyways, um, you know, people are kind of up in arms because they're saying, you know, the shades of the condiment look slightly different in each photo. These Bottles are shipped in plastic bags with no protective packaging. Some of them exploded during transit. People are saying that the label is attached with glitter glue. Other people are talking about safety concerns. It has a very confusing nutrition label, which misspells the word vinegar as uh, 
Vengar, I think is because I saw I saw one of the labels with it spelled wrong, and then it says there's 444 servings in each bottle. When in reality, I mean, it's like a ketchup sized bottle. It's about like 30 something servings uh, at a t- tablespoon each. And then the label says it contains milk and there was no expiration date or refrigeration instructions on the packaging. And there didn't appear to be any like preservatives or stabilizing ingredient that you would normally have in a, you know, shelf stable uh, dip or sauce like that. And people were saying it smelled rotten when they received it. But I also saw the other side. It says a lot of people are urging followers not to be too harsh on a woman trying to get a small business off the ground even though the health issues are concerning. Um, It says one woman who runs a wholesale sauce company posted a video breaking down the FDA-required lab test she ran in order to safely sell her sauce, including measuring the pH levels for botulism risk, which can be deadly, and none of which the pink sauce seems to have completed yet. And she stressed the test can be expensive, which might explain why it's challenging for someone getting a business off the ground to get them done but yeah there's obviously so much stuff that's regulated with food safety that i'm just worried about this woman getting like sued or completely shut down but i think it's just it's kind of like that struggle when your business just takes off at a rate where you're trying to capitalize on it exploding but it also gets completely away from you and i think that's just what she's struggling with a little bit so i'm fascinated to see where it goes again i think I think this will probably be a good path for her. I mean, look at all the publicity she's getting off of this. I think if nothing else, she's probably going to have people come in and be backers and support it. Or next thing we know, literally Heinz next month is going to have some pink ass sauce colored with pitaya, and this poor lady is going to be shit out of luck. But I think people are so intrigued by it that they kind of like want the original. It's kind of like wanting this piece of pop culture history so I wish her the best, and I'm actually very excited to see where it goes, and I hope that I continue to get TikToks about the pink sauce. Maybe I need to go follow her right now. I need to go to her mixology class in Miami. Like, I'm on a journey, okay? Can, can you follow her and let me know? All right, so we have made it to our blind item of the day, and as I alluded to earlier, we're going to be talking Kiki Palmer. As usual, please take this with a grain of salt. It's a blind item. It is not hard-hitting journalism. And these are from Crazy Days and Nights, which he tends to say offensive shit in his blinds. And as I will always be upfront with you guys about, I very oftentimes disagree with how he writes his blinds and how he portrays things like last week when we did Cameron Diaz. So it was really sad because so many of Kiki's, she didn't have a ton of blinds. They were all about showing up at events where she shouldn't have been wasted, very wasted, doing cocaine, similarly on the way of events. To me, reading them, it definitely seemed like it was a coping tactic, like a kind of like using it to deal with anxiety. Um, Just many of those. And then there was just some really disturbing ones that like, I don't even want to read in their entirety, but there was one that said that, she had made it clear that she was down to get with R. Kelly even after knowing everything that went down with him, that she was willing to hook up and live with him to help get her singing career headed in the right direction. And if there's any truth to that, that makes me so deeply sad for her because I feel like she would have had to be in a really dark spot to do that. And Kiki's song, Bossy, is forever one of my favorites. 
I'm sorry, I just misspoke. She does have a song called Bossy, but it's Bottoms Up. Bottoms Up, Bottoms Up. Oh, that song is so freaking good. That needs to be on like every playlist I ever make. So anyways, it's just devastating that she would ever have to like go to R. Kelly. And obviously now he's finally been convicted of all the, not all the gross shit he's done, but he's finally going to go to jail. So thank God. But then this one, I just... It was the most lighthearted of it, so this is the one I want to read in full to you guys. It is from April 19th, 2018, so it's actually one of the more recent ones. The ones that was saying a lot of drinking and yada yada, those were from 2016-2017, but the R. Kelly one was from April 21st, 2018, so really close in time to the one I'm about to read you, and it says, This B-plus list mostly movie actress who had some movies and television appearances since her last foray into more than one season of television ended was recently at a big event. She was kind of a host of it. Anyway, she kept lowering the top of her already revealing dress and kept asking people if her breasts looked to be the same size. She must have asked half a dozen people backstage. It was so odd, but everyone said she didn't appear to be drunk or on any pills. So, I mean, that's good. And I just love that she's literally like flashing people asking about her titty size. (laughs) And I hope that she was just doing, I could see her doing something like that sober. Because again, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I know Kiki. Clearly, I don't. Um, I have to also say as an aside, NT Lawyer who writes these blinds, you know, he's an anonymous lawyer, entertainment law. I am puzzled because his writing is very hard to follow sometimes. Like it, it is many run on sentences. I kind of lose myself when I'm reading them. And, you know, part of being a lawyer, like 90% of what we do, or at least what I do. I mean, I guess I, I've never been an entertainment lawyer, but it's a lot of writing, you know, and I'm, it's a lot of being concise and getting your point across. So I'm, I'm just kind of puzzled. If I ever got to interview him, I'd be like, dude, like what's up with the writing style? Like, I get it. I get where you're going, but sometimes the run on sentences be killing me. Because, I mean, this the way he describes Kiki, the B-list, mostly movie actress who had some movies and television appearances since her last foray into more than one season of television ended and then was recently at a big event. Like, all of that first part was the descriptor of Kiki. Anyways, we've made it to our legit shit for the week. And guys, this one's not sexy at all. But I felt like it was fitting as someone who just had nose surgery and then got COVID. Obviously, a lot of my things that I had from nose surgery came in handy for COVID. Like I had my humidifier. I had a lot of um, nasal sprays and ointments and blah, blah, blah. But one of the things that came in the most handy was my dry mouth spray because I needed that for um, since I was intubated. My throat was really sore after surgery. And obviously you're like fully breathing out of your mouth and no air out of your nose. And I'm still at that stage right now because again, the comp, the, the COVID surgery combo, if you will. So the Biotene dry mouth spray, you can get it at like any Walgreens, Target, Walmart online. It's pretty cheap. It's also good if you indulge in uh, the weed, the edibles. I get really dry mouth from marijuana. So having this for that also really helps because it can become sort of like unbearably uncomfortable for me and it's where like water doesn't help it. Um, But this was a lifesaver. You just spray a couple sprays in your mouth, swallow it. It's a really like minty flavor. Kenzu's asking if it's a gross minty flavor. It's not my favorite minty flavor, but it's definitely not disgusting. Um, I think they describe it as cool mint. 
And again, if you just are even worried about getting COVID, honestly, just have some of this on hand. And I really think it's a lifesaver. Thank you guys for listening this week. Hopefully no emergencies between this week and next. And I will see you next week. Bye.